Heck yeah. Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast Live. It is July 17th, 2022. My name is Chris Patrick, and joined with me this evening is the one, the only, Michael Benjamin. What up, sir? Dude, we matched DA. What happens next? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you uh, carving out some time tonight so we can chat about what's going on and what we're seeing and uh and the weekend off right you know it was a good week it was a good weekend for sure so yeah yeah absolutely we're gonna have to figure out just what the heck is going on um like we talked about trying to do this live stream this is actually i was looking back this is the first live stream we've done since uh the end of june june 30th and then we did one heat check podcast that we got out this last week but we keep waiting for the ball to drop on uh you know some off-season moves here whether that's this uh trade with the uh, potential trade with uh, Kevin Durant that we keep hearing about or what what is uh, going to happen with Aiton. And so we kind of saw that. And, yeah, really, uh, I'm excited to kind of dive into that and see what you're thinking about it. Oh, oh yeah. That's but surprising. Man. We haven't done a live stream for, like, three weeks. That's – wow. I feel like we were doing it consistently for, I don't know, about a month every week, but – I know yeah, things, yeah, yeah, things happen, but yeah, exactly like you were saying. We were, we were everybody's at a stalemate. Everything was speculation, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Waiting to see, okay, what kind of offers are the Nets getting for Kevin Durant? Well, who's gonna budge first? I guess who's playing the waiting game and who's really making the conscious effort to get their team better. And right, one thing I could say is. I mean, you could say that the Suns made their teams bet their team better by at least bringing back a key piece like DeAndre Ayton. I know there was a whole bunch of rumblings about, well, what about a sign and trade? Um, I think the big thing with DA was he wanted his contract. He wanted his max contract. I know he right. wanted his five years, one hundred eighty something mil. Um, but he was sorely mistaken for what was out there for him waiting, and. It seemed like everything kind of worked out for the Suns in their favor because last year, if you remember, the the Suns offered that four-year max deal. They just didn't want to do five for flexibility, cap reasons, and you know, didn't right. want to lock themselves down for I guess too many years. So it's still kind of all worked out with DA uh, how the Suns wanted it. It's just going to be a tough situation to see how both parties grow and really work together to start the season yeah. you know um, hopefully our relationships aren't too t- um you know stretched too thin and guys are, are going to be able to be professionals when they step into that building and i'm sure they will but da is still a young guy and you know mm-hmm. it takes a lot to change your mentality about hey understanding that i'm a high profile you know athlete in this league to okay what are the next things that i have to do to take that next step to become a true superstar and go places that people think that da still can go you know we've talked Mm -hmm. about how i think that he can be a perennial all-star i i don't see why not he's he's basically a top three center in this league uh his game keeps expanding he keeps stretching his range i know he's added a little bit uh on the three-point arc Um, yeah but He's just becoming a better, a better player in the big man position, and 
you know, if you're not going to get Kevin Durant to start the season, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. He's oh, going to yeah. have to be your number two option. Um, it's time to start working the game plan around him because he's getting the big boy bucks and those big boy bucks should entail big boy numbers. So hopefully the Suns understand that and I'm sure they do, but only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just, that's just it. Um, that's what it's been of a big waiting game. And right now it's speculation season. So literally everyone is just one speculating. You've seen all the trade machines and everything. <clears throat> I I think there's, yeah, you made a lot, brought up a lot of really good points there. And I think there's a lot uh, that we can dissect and I hope I do a good enough job of reeling it in and not being too scatterbrained with it as I, as I tend to be, but it's just like you said, hopefully they can pull it all together. And when you're paying a guy that much, I think, is it, is it three guys that were paying over $30 million this year? It's Aiton, Booker and Paul are all making over $30 million. So yeah, when you look at that, Aiton's got to be the second, you, you could say maybe third after Chris Paul, but really Chris Paul as the point guard wanting to lessen the wear and tear and the minutes he's playing. I would think that would be the goal anyway is like, yeah, I would like you're saying Aiton should be that second option with Booker where Monty adjusts the game plan accordingly. But at the same time, what do you think James Jones, or I, I'm wondering also almost, and maybe you can tell me, what do you think James Jones is cooking up um, in potentially trading Aiton in January, January 15th when he's eligible? Because it, it almost seems could be likely that we could keep him and it could work. We just as likely we keep him for four years, then he gets traded this year. I, in my mind, what do you think about that? Yeah, I know it was kind of some of the scenarios that we were talking about in regards to the full play for KD. I think things have yeah. really, really started to stall out in regards to kind of traction for a trade with him from the different things that we're hearing is Brooklyn is really, really waiting to hear a package that is at least similar to something that uh, the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert uh, in regards to players who are assets right now and who can fit within your roster as well as some draft picks. As um, I don't know how highly they are on those, but, hmm. you know, we've heard the things about, okay, well, the Nets want back um, an all-star caliber player and somebody who is really kind of a key reserve guy um, and what do the Suns have to really offer that? People will say that Mikhail Bridges, you could probably start looking to put him into the category of potential all-star players. Mm -hmm. um, when you start getting yourself into the lists of, you know, a best defensive player in the league or, you know, all defensive teams, you start to uh, put yourself within that upper echelon of players. So, even though Mikhail Bridges hasn't made an all-star team and it's going to be tough for him anyways, because, you know, the eyes are on those top three other guys anyways. Um, but maybe the Nets see him as that, but what else do they have to give? Are they willing to take on Cam Johnson? Um, or do they want a Jay Crowder with an expiring contract? You know, are the picks that the Suns have to offer really not enough for them in regards to, well, the Suns are probably going to be good for the next couple of years anyways. They'll be drafting in the late 20s with whatever they get back. Mm -hmm. So, right, right. The, unfortunately, the more and more. These aren't lottery they, picks. Right. The more and more things are taking time and, and the days are going by, 
it's like, oh, what's going to happen with KD? I'm still on the front that it's going to happen no matter what. That I think some more people have come out and basically said he told the Nets organization he's not going to play for them. Uh, and it's Phoenix or bust. That's great for us. Wow. Oh, but really? It's still yeah. the Nets holding all the cards, you know? They don't have to right. budge on anything. So if they basically bring him back into to training camp and try and, I don't know, get the season flowing for a little bit, maybe that's when we start to see what will happen with a possible movement of DA around that January 15th trade deadline. Or That's yeah. when they can finally start to look to move him because of his uh, contract extension. But like we've said in the past too, that's they're going to have to get a third team involved. And that's when maybe, you know, you see yeah. a, a Donovan Mitchell being shipped over there with a Mikhail Bridges and some of those extra yeah. picks going to Utah from what it sounds like Danny Ainge is trying to kind of build that capital through the draft and rebuild for Utah. That's why Donovan Mitchell has finally kind of been stated to go onto the market. But mm -hmm. I hope that there's a way that they can finagle this all to keep D.A., and bring in Kevin Durant at the same time. Um, that would just be yep. beautiful cherry on top kind of stuff. And obviously, you're going to lose Mikhail Bridges in in that deal and whatever it happens. And it, se it seems like mm -hmm. now whatever is going to happen with KD, I don't know if it's a three-team trade or if it's just straight up, then finally Brooklyn Caves to take on those extra uh, draft picks and assets. He's going to be a guy that we're going to have to send because they need something that has true value back. As much as yeah. we'd love to keep Yeah, him. you got because, yeah, but you got to put yourself in the Nets shoes. Like, right? I'm seeing all these people on the, on the Suns Reddit where they're asking, how can we still keep uh, Mikel Bridges and get, Dur and get Durant? So basically, they're in their perfect world. We have Chris Paul. Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton, Ayton starting day one. And it's just like, you just got to be realistic. Like, picks Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Dario Saric. Like, that's – is that enough? I don't think so. You, I think if I'm a Nets – if I'm Sean Marks – it's Sean Marks, right? Mm -hmm. No, not Sean Marks. Yeah, it is Sean Marks. Yeah, if I'm Sean Marks, if I'm the Nets GM, I have to get something back. Just like the Suns have to get – something back that let deandre ayton to indy and that's why we didn't execute a sign and trade with them to get miles turner uh because it's just it's it almost tit for tack but we like we talked about we both agree deandre ayton's more talented and has more potential than miles turner no offense to him man i'm sure but i just worry that, that like i i'm on the fence like of course you don't want to pass up on getting a guy like kevin durant but like you got to think about at what cost at a certain time and um holy shit i thought i just lost internet apparently there's a thunderstorm right now yeah you were definitely going in and out for a second i Can was wondering i just heard oh, yeah man. I, I was wondering if it was because i just tried to like kind of share my screen on just like some generalities from google um for deandre aiden and you started to kind of like um <laughs> like go in and out oh, just a man. tad bit and then you and then your stream lagged and i was like oh man is that because i'm trying to <laughs> share uh, my uh, my screen and then as soon as i stopped uh sharing it is when that huge ass uh thunder came through so no no it should be able to handle if you're sharing your screen 
um if you want to toss it up but yeah it was so weird my second monitor like went black and then it looked like everything was frozen i don't know were, were you able to what was the last thing i was talking about i was talking about basically miles turner for uh deandre ayton we, we didn't find value in that so you gotta put see this nets perspective and like would they see value with not getting Mikel Bridges back, I don't think so. And then to just one more point on that that you got me thinking about, and I want, I want you to kind of speak on, is with doing that, if we do have, if if we send Mikel Bridges and uh, Cam Johnson and all the picks, and maybe even if it's just that, uh, and maybe even with or without Jay Crowder, then you're looking at Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre, and then the probably Crowder or I don't know Tory Craig or Damian Lee starting in that in that final spot. But then, what's your second unit like? Looking at in here, this is what second unit's looking like. If they do like a hockey lineup swap, it would be Campaign, Landry, Shamit, uh, Josh Akogi or Damian Lee, Tory, and then Bismack or is that gonna get a a secondary unit to get us into a deep playoff push. What do you got here? I'm. I mean, it's it's. I think it's enough guys to get you through the regular season to be, you know, probably in a top four um, seed in the West, even with everybody getting stronger. But the the one thing you always have mm-hmm. to remember is when it comes down to the playoffs, you're talking about expanded minutes for your starters, anyways. So Booker's going to be playing 38 minutes a night. Um, Chris Paul may, I mean, you don't want to extend it too much. I mean, obviously he's been injury prone for the past two playoffs. So, but he's still probably going to see 35 mm-hmm. minutes. KD is going to be stretching 38, 40, you know, probably 42. Those major guys are going to be playing the majority of the minutes. So you only kind of have to trickle in your bench. You know, campaign will be on the floor for 10, 15 minutes to spell off uh, Chris Paul, but he'll probably be on the floor with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant at the same time. Um, If if Booker has to go down, they'll probably stagger Durant and Booker. So you still have prolific scores on the floor, no matter what time's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel like Monty will be smart enough in regards to his – you know, switching out of the bench and and giving guys enough time to really get, uh, you know, camaraderie and, and and making the right decisions. But yeah, yeah, I know that's what we've t- been talking about. And for a big thing for me was, well, what were we going to do at the center position if DeAndre Ayton is the piece that you have to, or one of the pieces that you're going to have to get rid of um, to bring in a Kevin Durant. Because I thought in order to get get it done, it was going to have to be a three-team deal, even though the Nets basically said he didn't want him. So was right. I comfortable with rolling out just Bismack Biombo and Jock Lindale? Uh Probably not, but those guys are just kind of like space fillers, right? They're not going to be asked primarily to go and get you 12, bat- or 12 points a night. They're going to be asked to do all the dirty work get in there, rebound, block out the paint, contest shots. I'm not going to have to worry about them on the offensive end. They're almost like expendable guys that you could put in the corner, almost to the extent of P.J. Tucker. Like he, he, he's he been, it seems like he's a guy who's always on the wing, but at least he could shoot a three. Yeah. Those guys can't. But, um, 
the the one thing that I still definitely worry about is um, longevity in regards to staying healthy for these guys. I mean, Booker yeah. and Chris Paul have both shown that during these playoff stretches these past two years, they can't stay healthy. They both have had numerous amounts of injuries. I mean, at least for Booker, his injuries that he had in that uh, run in 2021, it didn't hold him out, but, you know, he broke his freaking face. And I know that he was dealing with that hamstring yeah. through the uh, the finals and stuff like that. And then we saw him miss time in round one yeah. here. And Chris Paul, same thing. I mean, we don't know exactly what happened, but we know that he wasn't the same player after that Pelican series because uh, he just maybe didn't have the same lift or was second-guessing himself because those things can get in the back of your mind, right? So is is Kevin Durant the you know have the, the healthiest bill of health either? No. So when you start expanding minutes, right? In the playoffs, he's, he's definitely had his problems. You still got to be worried about things like that. So mm-hmm. that's why also you know the things that we've been seeing with like the Utah Jazz now that Donovan Mitchell has been added to the block. If he goes to Brooklyn, that helps with one of their all their you know conditions basically that they've been stating that they need an all star caliber player back, and maybe the Suns can add in some other guys too. Like I think they've been talking about Jordan Clarkson and uh, Bogdanovich, which are good right, guys off the deals. bench. They would be very serviceable. I like Jordan Clarkson. He's a guy who could go off the dribble and go and create his own shot. I feel like that's something that the Suns have been missing from the second unit these past two seasons as well. Um, you know, campaign did mm-hmm. his best, but I, I I still want him to be a guy who's is like a point guard facilitating um, the team, taking his threes when he has his opportunities and whatnot. But I don't want him always trying to have to think that he he has to look to create and drive and force up his crazy floaters and whatnot like i i need a two or a two guard or a small forward who can go and get his own bucket you know that's what we we needed yeah uh in that second unit uh and bogdanovich is a great shooter and he's a smart player so obviously those are pipe dreams (laughs) that we're still waiting to see come down sure but with what you got right here, you're still going to have a serviceable team. Well, a more than serviceable team. It's going to be a contending team. And if you keep DA, I mean, we were the whole thing that we were talking about was DA was going to be gone. But now you have a, a 24 year right. old all star center basically to pair along with the big three of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that you could ask for that could be better. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think you make a lot of really good points there. I think, of course, um, you would have to stack, you would want to stagger them. You wouldn't just have, you know, hockey switches doing five in, five out, especially with like we've talked about with Chris Paul, where he's a guy that with the amount of wear and tear he has, that he's got to kind of not be on like a limit, a number, like a minutes cap rather. But if, if they got a lead, I don't think they're going to keep him in. They kind of done that the last couple seasons with him, right? Like if they're, if in the second half, they're up by a good margin, they'll just let Chris take the third and fourth off or like 
most of the fourth pretty much yeah and and that's basically I just mean, for preservation which is needed i mean the guy's 37 years old man in basketball years that's <laughs> that's a that's a lot that's a lot of wear and tear on your body especially if you continue to make playoff pushes and that's just a lot of basketball um all at once but so that's that's the other thing right i mean I, I don't want Chris Paul playing more than 28 minutes a game, to be honest with you, during the regular season. Because if 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 he's all – I mean, he's always hurt in the playoffs, man. Like, he's expend, he's used way too much of his body through the regular season, even on times when the Suns have big leads and he's yeah. out and whatnot. But you almost have to look at him – and say I have to have a like a hard cap on the amount of time that I give him for the first you know six months of the season, and yeah. that also comes down to I wanna, that's to what I want to see. Is like... Go for it. You cut out a little bit. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't mean I I stopped because we were you were both kind of my connection's a little choppy here, but no, I think I that's what they need to do because we keep seeing. Chris Paul getting ba being banged up late in these playoff runs. And so whatever they need to do to keep him healthy through 82, um, I know people aren't a big fan of like straight benching and like resting, but you do those on home games here and there when it's like, you know, playing gimme games, getting his veterans day off if he, if he wants, but yeah, they got to, maybe you're right. Like I, I want you to continue, but like, you're right. I think you're, you're, you're right on. They need maybe a minute's cap for Chris Paul. So he's not, I, that's what you're saying. Right. So he doesn't get those injuries later in the season. Yeah. I, I mean, that's obviously easier said than done. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so hard to predict what kind of injuries guys are going to have. I mean, things always flare up, right. Guys are going to have, some bum ankles, some sore knees, and a lot of guys will fight through that. But it's almost like the way that Kawhi has been managed the past, the, the previous past couple of years before, you know, he's had extended time off for his injuries because he was so prone. It's, you know, he's hard capped on the amount of time that he was getting, and they were sitting him for entire games and whatnot. I'm not saying to sit Chris Paul. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's a guy that you need to do that, but you have to be really, really worrisome from what we've seen the past two seasons, and and that's our only sample size that we have from the Suns. So it's what we have to go off of, right? And yeah, I, I just I he's he was such a, an important cog to specifically the offense and getting everybody into rhythm. And getting Da going, whatnot. Um, that when it came down to that second round series, yeah. he didn't have. He, uh, obviously, something was off, so everything changed. Um, so I have to have him as healthy as possible uh, when it comes to the postseason. But that also means, uh, and I know Matt. Matt saying, uh, I like campaigns change of pace, um, and, and it's great. There's always there's still limitations to what he can he do. I still go for it. Go for no, it. I just think like I did like I did like, he uh, he has those where he gets in there, but um, it, it just seems like he he took a big step back last year and he wasn't the guy that we had in 2020 
It was, but I don't know. Or was it 2020? I don't know. 21. It was 21. Yeah, I'm all backwards with the with the years. But ah, I, I just I'm curious what what's gonna happen. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of question marks and things that are still unanswered. Yeah, am I, is it as how clear am I coming in right now? Is it pretty choppy on your end when I'm talking? You're okay. You're okay right now. But when you started, it was super choppy for like the first five seconds. Okay. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I more than anything, I think I just need a new computer because my internet <laughs> should be fine. I'm hardwired into it right now too. It was funny. I had, cause I have that other, the desktop computer that we record the regular podcast on. Um, and I had the idea, like, I was like, Oh shit, I'll just, I'll set that up and that'll probably be better. And then I can record, I can do the live stream on that and it might be a little cleaner. And then the like it was like the la- one or two of the last ones we were gonna do. And then as, right as I was about to start setting it up, I realized that I don't have a webcam. It, it's the one <laughs> I'm using the one built into my laptop. So <laughs> I would have been kind of yeah. SOL. All right, you got something else yeah. here for us? Yeah, can you pull this up real quick? So these yeah. are kind of the um these are, are the uh, basically listed free agents in regards to the point guard position at our left on the market. You know, we've seen oh, these guys, Jalen Brunson, just got that crazy that contract. Yeah. Uh, Gary Payton, uh, the second, got got a nice little bag from Portland. Uh, what, Ricky Rubio re-signed with Cleveland, whatnot. So, your pickings are slim pickings now right i mean when nba free agency starts it's always kind of a mad dash to get your guys um but then there's those other guys that have kind of just waiting in the background trying to see how things pan out uh and then make their decisions based off of how other pieces kind of go into the fold um sure but one of these guys that I've been seeing a lot from other people and who I'd really, really be interested to see the Suns take a stab at is Dennis Schroeder. Um, okay. Yeah. I I think he's, I think he's a serviceable guy. Um, he's still a smart player in regard. He's, he's honestly not uh, too old if I'm uh, mistaken. Uh, he's 28 years old. I mean, he's, Oh, so he's, he's a, a veteran in this league. He's shown that he, he he's shown that he can score in bunches um and it's another guy that's on the market right now right so instead of waiting for what you can see happens in regards to a kevin durant trade if we get extra pieces from a different team or what else we get back you got to start thinking about filling out this roster with what you have right now especially if if brooklyn holds the line and doesn't trade him until you know hopefully around the January 15th time frame when all these things kind of go into motion a little bit more, sure. you got to start thinking about bringing in guys for that second unit that can kind of go and get buckets for you. Um, yeah. So campaign is, uh, he'll be a fan for it. He's serviceable, but you can show up at the point guard position because extra time to, um, down is work towards the playoffs, which is where you really need him. So, yeah, that's yeah, my no, Dennis have... Schroeder spiel or my pitch, that's your, my pitch. Your pitch. If you were with uh, James Jones in an elevator, that's what you would give him for 
Dennis Schroeder. A name that there are two names that caught my eye on the on that list. One of them kind of a meme. The other one kind of made me raise an eyebrow. The first one, I'll give you the meme first. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is a free agent point guard. Oh, um, so and I, I'm just you're just I'm just thinking because oh. it got me thinking because I was actually looking at that same list that you were there on Sports Tac or whatever the website was. Um, uh-huh. And so I'm really glad you brought it up. Great minds think alike. But so I was thinking what got me thinking that in that direction is that if we do have to give up, you know, two, three players and a bunch of picks for just Kevin Durant, and that's the only player we get in return, obviously we're going to have to tap into that free agent market and get one of those guys um, even with or without that move. I think Dennis Schroeder, you just, you sold me on that pretty, pretty well. Um, if we can afford it, I don't know what kind of contract he's looking to garner. I know we're already going into the, that luxury tax um, and the reports were out this week from various credible sources, Flex and Gambo from 98.7. Well, Flex isn't from 98.7, but Gambo's from 98.7. But regardless, they were saying that the reports are that the, the I don't want to say verified rumor, but or maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but they were said the, the, the word on the street, if you will, was that Sarver is willing to shell out 60 to $100 million for the luxury tax. And I think it's important to note that this is the first time the Suns will be paying the luxury tax since 2010. I think I think that's right. Um, but so how much how much can they go over that? And like like I said with Dennis Schroeder, how much is he willing to, or how much is he willing to give up? Is he willing to take like just a one year you know prove it deal so he can get back in the get some tape, get back, maybe sign another deal somewhere else next season? Or will he come to a term with like, you know, like a three-year $45 million or something? I don't know. I don't know what they're looking to pay him. So that's my meme pick, right, Um, was Eric Bledsoe. And we can just throw that away. He's at a salon or something. My my eyebrow-raising free agent out there that I think could be a good fit in this team, especially if we get a guy like KD, would be uh, Blake Griffin. I believe he's still a free agent. Of course, he's got he's another guy that's got some miles on him, but I think he's only in his early he's in his early 30s. He's not that old, if I'm not mistaken. Or is he like 36? No, 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 he's not. He's 33. He just turned 33 yeah. this year. So he's pretty, you know, he's a big guy that's got some some wear and tear for sure, but he's got that um rapport with Chris Paul. I don't know what kind of terms they went out on in uh los angeles but i don't think i mean they're both guys in their 30s i think they can be mature enough to come together if it's if they thought it was something that could result in a championship um and i think blake griffin like 33 with as many teams as he's been on as much money as he's made he might be a guy that would be willing to take a one-year flyer if he believed in what the Suns were doing um you know kind of a la javel mcgee last year but those were the two names that really caught my eye. That was a, that's a good catch by you at Dennis Schroeder. Um, I would definitely shy away from guys like uh, Rajon Rondo. I think I saw him on that list. Uh, that's a guy. That's a guy who's really a one trick pony. He'll play some pretty solid defense and he can pass the ball, but he will not get you a bucket. Rajon Rondo will not get you a bucket. <laughs> yeah, not really much anymore. I remember his Boston Celtics days. He was almost kind of like you'd always have to put him on triple double watch, right? Yeah, uh, he, he's never really been a prolific scorer, but he was a good enough athlete where he could go and get his when he needed to. Um, holy crap, dude! I didn't. Blake Griffin was not even in my universe of thought. Um, 
I actually don't hate that at all. Um, for, for right. what we've seen the past couple of seasons, too, when he went to the Nets, he averaged about 18 minutes a game. I mean, that's what you would probably need from him if he's going to be part of your rotation. Uh, mm-hmm. Still a big body guy. I mean, his game has changed so much from when he first came into the league uh, as a super high flyer. And now uh, he's he's locked in his shooting abilities and um, he'll do the dirty work for you. So I don't hate that. Imagine if you bring in KD too. I mean, this is a guy who was just right. played with KD and also exactly. has that relationship with Chris Paul. I'm always willing to take flyers on guys who can help mesh a locker room together a little bit faster, right? And mm-hmm. you do bring up a good point about well, what happened with Los Angeles and how did that relationship end? I think these guys are smart enough to understand that they're looking for their kind of last-ditch effort to go and uh, fight for a championship. So they'll put all that BS to the back burner um, and really focus yeah. on locking in. Um, so I don't hate that. Um, Eric Bledsoe, I, I hope he never steps foot in the Valley of the Sun again. <laughs> I just remember our favorite no, thing with him when I, we would I, go I... when we would go to games. He was so you could count on him driving the lane and jumping up with no like no option to shoot but he'd always leave his feet and have to throw the fucking craziest passes yeah and he turned the ball over like a madman yeah uh, i i don't think he's he's like that anymore but no i mean he's he's too limited he he doesn't have enough to him i'm thinking about guys who could come in and give you a scoring punch because that's what the second unit's gonna need you know hopefully True. landry yeah. hopefully landry shamit you know will will give you his nine points a game from his three threes that's all he does um mm-hmm. you know who else are you gonna get buckets from tory craig uh tory craig didn't seem like he could hit water if he fell out of a boat when he came <laughs> last year um so i'm looking for extra yeah, Tory, he was not the same player yeah for a second there, for a second there i thought you were about to say isaiah thomas and i was like where are we going with this chris isaiah thomas like no i don't <laughs> Nah, I, I should have gave you more credit uh, than Thank that. You. So I do, I do apologize. Um, but you did bring up some good, some good points there for sure. Blake Griffin, man, he's a nice, he's a he's a dope guy. And, you can, right, and he, he there were rumors of him coming here. He he used the Suns to leverage his deal with the Clippers back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Um, so you know he's teasing us, but it's it's always a fucking tease man like the fact that we got chris paul is mind-boggling to me in a lot of ways but that's just goes to show how phoenix i think the perception of phoenix as a small market is changing a lot because uh, the suns are pretty much the the team in the valley and there's a lot of people here now that have grown up with the suns and that arena has no problem selling out um there's a lot to be said for that but Aside from all of that, uh, uh, the city aside, Devin Booker is someone that people want to play with, and then now, and then now you add Chris Paul to that mix, so it's no no surprise that uh, a guy like Kevin Durant would put us on the top of his list. And I think about that with those t- two guys in particular, and then with also with Blake Griffin. I'm pretty sure Blake played on. Did he play on the Olympic team with Booker, or was that a previous Olympic team? No, I think he played on the Olympic team. 
probably like 2016. Okay, but that still probably would have been with Durant uh, at least. I, I Durant think it was with, yeah, I think it was with Durant and Paul. Um, uh, yeah. So here, here's another thing to keep in mind. Didn't Blake Griffin date Kendall Jenner? I think uh, he did. Uh, okay, so that just came up <laughs> came up in my mind too. You know, like. But Ben Simmons and Blake Griffin. Oh, I guess they didn't play together. Ben, yeah, Ben Simmons, Simmons. <laughs> Simmons didn't even step on the floor. It's Fair a enough. new argument. Fair oh. enough. But no, how I don't I'm sure they don't like, care. They'll just swap stories about where is the craziest yeah. places that they, they and I think like I think Book, like he dated her for like a year or two or whatever. But I think pretty sure Blake Griffin was just with her for a couple months. Was it? And that and that was a while back. I don't know. I'm not keeping up with uh, the Kardashians. Entertainment Tonight, or yeah, keeping up the Kardashians. Yeah, there you go. Fuck, missed, blew that opportunity. But oh <laughs> uh, fuck, I, there were two. There are two. Uh, two more. Well, oh, there's a ton of Suns related topics that I had in in my head, but these were two that were pressing for me. One. The Josh Kogi signing is a little bit of a head scratcher for me. Uh, kind of taking a step back and looking at it, because at first I kind of I didn't hate it because I'd heard the name um, recently. Um, I don't. I have actually I haven't watched him play, but I've. This is going to sound really nerdy, but I I had him on I had him on my team on two K. Okay, he he was on my team in two K, and he was a decent support player in the video game. Um, a, a two guard that could play some defense and get, get get some buckets if he's open. But I was thinking about it more today and and kind of doing a the the most minimal amount of prep work for this live stream. And his uh, last couple, he's so he's been in the league for four years. He was drafted in 2018. Uh, been with the Timberwolves. He played 49 games last season. Um, so these are his last four seasons. Um, points per game in his rookie year he averaged 7.7 points um 1920 season which was the covid year um i believe that shut everything down regardless anyway he was 8.6 points per game that was his best season his his sophomore year and then since then the uh, third year 5.4 points per game and then last year um like i said in 49 games was just 2.7 points uh averaging 10.5 minutes per game so Mike, tell me if you know anything about um, Josh Okogie. I don't know if he was just underutilized by Minnesota and he is a talented guy, or are we just getting some garbage heap filler, bench filler guy, and he's never going to sniff the court? Uh, yeah, this one is was an intriguing signing. I think there is a lot of different aspects that kind of went into it. Um, from what I was hearing, I mean, he was a he was a first round pick. He was twentieth overall. Um, I think those second and third years, he started primarily for the Timberwolves. I don't know if he had some injury problems. That's why he wasn't able to get to 82 games. But he was primarily a guy who was your primary, like, on-ball defender or wing defender um, against, you know, the best offensive guy on the other team. Um, Obviously, he can't shoot threes very, um, very well. Uh, and I think what happened uh, last year was he lost favor to, you know, kind of those guys that were taking the next step or who had come in. Um, D'Angelo Russell, you know, was, was getting Anthony more Edwards. run. 
Anthony Edwards was starting to come into his own, starting to make, you know, a, a case for himself being an all-star next year, which I wouldn't be surprised to see. Um, but he just kind of fell out of the rotation for the wings. Um, and I think primarily it was because he was kind of more one-sided, right? He was just seen as a, a, a wing defender, Um which is good, but you don't need them in high spurt or, or high amounts of uh, time on the floor, right? You're you put them in there to give guys like if you have Mikael Bridges on the floor, give him a little bit of um, you know break because my goodness, the guy plays forty six minutes a night. That'd be another guy. Yeah. That I, I know he's young and he's an Iron Man, but if you can switch in guys like a Josh Okogi to handle the primary ball handler or the best wing defender for 10 minutes a night. I mean, that's something that you can pay your veteran minimum for and not even second guess it. I mean, am I, right. uh, hopefully he can knock down a couple of corner threes when he has his opportunities, but not, that's not what he's being asked to do. So I guess long winded answer is, yeah, maybe he might be a one trick pony, but I think the big thing as well was he's brought in, because of the probability that Mikhail Bridges is going to have to be shipped in any kind of Kevin Durant trade that comes about. So you want a guy who can fill in and be a really, really good defender for you. Um, the one thing that I see, which makes sense on why he's such a good defender, is, yeah, he's only 6'4", but he has a 7-foot wingspan. I mean, yes, I'm getting, glad you brought that up. You're getting into the, um, the passing lanes like, no, like nothing else. He, he can – tap the ball away from guys on the floor just with that long stretch. Uh, yeah. So I think that was a big thing. And obviously the pieces that we were seeing brought in um, before, you know, the re-signing of DA uh, was pieces that are going to help you through the regular season and maybe get you a couple of minutes during the postseason if needed, but you're all focused in on Kevin Durant. So those guys are literally just filler pieces uh, to make sure that you have a good structure around your team for the regular season. Because, you know, Damian Lee will get 20 minutes a night. Jock Lindell will probably get like 15, 20 minutes, you know. Well, actually, now that DA's back, uh, maybe not. He might get Frank, Frank Kaminsky numbers, but there'll be nights where he'll, he'll get right. you know, more run. But, yeah, I, I we'll have to see what comes about with Josh Okogie, especially if, Mikhail Bridges is shipped away and how he fits in. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can work on his offensive side of the game. I don't need him to score like crazy. Exactly. We've talked about this before. And that might Those be big it. three yeah. guys are getting us 80 points a night. So anything else that you can get from your reserves is cherry on top. But it's an interesting signing. It's been interesting to see what they've done. There's a method mm -hmm. to the madness. So, yeah. No, I believe it, and um, maybe if maybe you can pull it up real quick, or uh, I can try to the Damian Lee numbers yeah. too, because yeah. um, I think that's another guy that I wonder how many minutes he's gonna get because it seems like last season Landry Shamit was uh, Monty's go-to guard off the bench, uh, where you would a lot of times see him coming in for Booker or Paul, uh, you know, either or guy and get get significant minutes. I'm pretty sure Shamit did, especially. Uh, in the playoff run and and well not the finals obviously this last season but 
yeah, so this Damien Lee, I I was seeing. I think this might end up start being a trend on these live streams where I talk about. St- we might need to create a segment like things I saw on Reddit. Um, yeah. Because I saw I saw I think it was either on the Warriors Reddit or like a screenshot in the Suns Reddit from the Warriors Reddit, some Inception shit. But anyway, basically saying uh, a lot of Warriors fans were like, "Oh, good riddance! Like, have fun with Damian Lee. Like, he's kind of a, a guy that'll put uh, bricks up." on the wall for you. Oh, um, I don't know a lot about, so I don't know a lot about Damian Lee. So maybe this is another guy you can speak on, but I, from what I understand, he's kind of like a, just like a, a three point shooter or just like, a, he just likes to put a lot of shots up. I don't know about his defensive prowess necessarily. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I know too much about Damian Lee in regards to, uh, everything in his game it looks like he shoots an okay percentage i mean two years he had almost 40 percent from uh from deep um averaged okay. a decent amount what 2017 it seemed like or 2019 seemed to be his best year um i mean take that with a grain of salt that was also the years where i'm pretty sure the warriors were dog shit so <laughs> um what the next season they ended up having the second pick in 2020 which was James Wiseman. So he was getting extended run, but they weren't winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, you know, a guy who is, uh, you know what you have. He's going to be a serviceable backup um, wing guy. It's another the same thing where it's like, you got to bring in somebody because we're probably going to have to ship away a good amount of our wings. Right. Yeah. Like, so you got to roll out uh, the red carpet for for someone. Um, but he he has he's played for a championship team. Uh, he knows what it takes to get there, and he's not going to be a slouch when he when he's here with the Suns. Uh, I'm excited to add him into the fold and see what he can bring. But yeah. other than that, I can't say that um, I know too much about him because if I don't have to watch the Warriors, I'm not watching them. <laughs> So it's just yeah. as simple as that. No, that's, so that's fair. Well, what were what were his? I I can't really see here on my screen. What was what were his numbers last year? Just like points, rebounds. Uh, so he looked like he averaged just about twenty minutes a game. Uh, seven point four oh, points. Uh, thirty three percent from three. So it did go down a bit, but then about three point two rebounds, one assist. Those, what is it? Ancillary stats yeah. don't really hold weight too much like no. obviously he's not a point guard his assists aren't going to be too big and then your mm-hmm. defensive stats are just kind of like you get what you get but mm-hmm. yeah so i just uh just looking at his wikipedia page um i mean the fact that he played 20 minutes a game for the team that won the championship is pretty impressive um but he was undrafted out of louisville in 2016 he's a lot older than i would have thought he's 29 uh, he'll be 30 in October. So uh, definitely got some experience in, in a lot of ways, because just because you're not playing for an NBA team doesn't mean you're not getting basketball experience and you're not, you know, developing your game. Um, so it looks like he was, he spent some time in the D league um, for the main red claws and the Santa Cruz warriors then was on the, on the Hawks in 2018 and then was with the warriors for the past four years. Um, it looks like he was on like a two-way contract for a portion of that time though. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he, from what I can tell, looking at it, he bounced back and forth, but yeah, like you said, he was an NBA champion in college. Um, all, all first team, 
or all second team ACC and then first team all CAA. I don't know what that is, but he he has accolades is is what I'm basically what I'm getting at. So this is guy this is a guy who can play basketball. So mm-hmm. obviously if you're in the NBA you're 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 there for a reason. And but I'm interested to see it how much time they get, how much incorporation they get. Maybe Damian Lee, maybe they lost a little faith in Landry Shamit and so maybe he takes a little bit of a a back seat and he's the third string guy. I mean, at the website I'm looking at right now, it has Damian Lee listed as the third string, the third string shooting guard, if that's a thing in the, in the NBA. But like we were, like I was alluding to earlier campaign kind of took a step back last year from the year before. So I want to see him get back into form from what he showed us and that, and prove that it wasn't just a fluke. Cause if we got a bunch of guys out there being tryhards. That's honestly exactly what we need. Uh, I guess while we're breaking down the the new hires here, uh, do we want to look at Jock Landale before we move on? I got one one more Suns topic we can hit on. Oh yeah, and of course, uh, Mike, if you got anything, bring it up. I'm I'm just on uh, roll here. Oh no, you go. This is perfect. Um, how I, you, I know nothing about how long I was gonna say. Let's see. I know he young. was with. Uh, with the Spurs, it looks like that was his first year. He went to St. Mary's. I like those St. Mary's guys. I think um, one of my one of my all time favorite like hustle guys um, who played in the NBA from St. Mary's. I'm pretty sure it was Matthew Delvadova. So, oh no way! Matt, for, for a long time, St. Mary's and Gonzaga were kind of like on those that's like threshold of taking a next step and being like a power program in the NCAA. But Gonzaga has taken that next one. Or St. Mary's has always been good, and they continue to be good, but uh, they're just kind of a step behind from Gonzaga. But anyways, um, <laughs> looks <laughs> looks like Jocelyn Dell played about fifty four games last year, only averaged ten minutes. Uh, so he's probably your, you know, third string backup center. Um, didn't shoot crazy from outside, but did put up a good amount. I mean, he almost shot a hundred threes in fifty-four games. I mean, that's him putting Damn. up almost two per game. So big man can well, shoot. Obviously, he has he, he he's not shy on putting it up. Uh, but I mean, from what I see here, I can't really like get a judgment out of um, his stats. I mean, they're basically what you're going to see from a guy who plays 10 minutes a game, but he's a big body, 6'11", 255. Um, from the, from uh, the highlights that I did see from him, he's he, he is really a traditional big body center. Like, that's his game. He's just, it's a little bit slower. Um, he has some good touch in the paint. He has his post-up game. Um so he's going to be a guy who probably we're seeing the same things. He gets about 10 minutes a game. Uh, Bismarck Biombo is going to get the majority of those backup center minutes. Um, and hopefully what he can bring to the floor is a little bit serviceable. I mean, we were definitely kind of spoiled last couple of seasons with what Frank Kaminsky came in and did a couple of times, you know, where he had crazy scoring outspurts. I, I, like, I think that Portland Trailblazers game. Uh, he had like 30-something, 30 36 maybe, uh, and just went crazy. But 
Uh, I don't oh, think wow. we're going to see the same thing from Jock. He is he's a, a younger guy, so he's going to have some more upside. Uh, Twenty six years old, but true, just another filler, right? Nothing that's going to wow you, but it's something that you need to build uh, the roster out and and have you know once you're playing those four games in seven nights a guy who might get a little bit more time, maybe he gets 25 minutes that night because Bismarck needs a little bit more rest or, you know, we're right. playing the Pacers. <laughs> it's funny that I bring that up. We're playing the Pacers and we can run Jock Lindell out there for 25 minutes because we're beating the brakes off of him. So. <laughs> yeah. Which very likely will happen. Cause they got, they got nobody. Tyrese Halliburton, I guess. Um, and there were, I, I, I I, they, I I know there was the the, story, the the report out there that Aiton was excited to play in the pick and roll with Tyrese Halliburton, um, whatever that that could just be bluster coming out of his camp, but man, that's so that's a good that's could be three interesting guys. It's gonna be I you never know you never know with Monty because for fuck's sake, what was it, um, Abdul Nader. I would have never when when you hear Sunshine Abdul Nader, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's just warming benches, he's handing Booker towels as he's coming off the court. But no, mm-hmm. he gets minutes in the playoffs when he hasn't played all season. Apparently, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, and I'm not gonna be shy to say it over and over again. I have, I'm not a fan of Monty Williams. I'm not. I'm not. I think he's done pretty good with this. He, he's obviously done good with this team. He got us to the finals. He got us to the playoffs two years running. But you got you got to give a lot of that to the players too, and I just there's a lot of moves that he makes that I just scratch my head on, and there's a lot to be said for having faith in your guys. I've said that on this podcast before, but sometimes Monty trusts them. He 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 lets too much slack on the leash, I think, and um, so maybe maybe he'll turn it. Maybe his philosophy will change, or maybe he's make some adjustments. But I think there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking that. Monty's gonna have to do for this game plan for this season because what the fuck man you you have this all this tension of and ex- I'm sorry I'm I'm swearing right, right now but my goodness like I'm just scratching my head because Monty said all these things that I nitpick on but then on top of that the optics of how the season ended with him and Bo- with him and Aiton kind of being not on the same page and the Suns organization signaling that they didn't value Aiton as much as they're paying him and they didn't and they challenged him to go find out if he could what he could get on the open market and whether the Pacers just threw that contract at him to call the Suns bluff or what knowing that the Suns weren't going to take nothing in return like maybe tried to offer Miles Turner and whoever else they thought the Suns could be and the Suns were just like no by no means are we going to be doing that with you you have nothing to offer us that we want and and so they were like all right well Fuck you then. We're going to offer him the max and make you match it. Like, who knows? That could be it. But what I'm getting back to my point um, before I toss it over to you to tell me why I'm wrong. Um, I just, I'm curious to see what Monty draws up with these additions we've made. And now with keeping Aiton at least until January 15th, at the very least, we, we got until January 15th. And, and did you know that I want to make in here? Am I lagging? You lagged it for a second. Yeah. And, Try it again. Okay, okay. I wanted to make sure I wasn't lagging when I make this very important. Uh, good. Okay, perfect. I want to make sure I didn't lag when I made this very important point. So we keep saying January 15th, January 15th. 
but the Suns can't trade him unless he signs off on it for one whole year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in January. Is the relationship so soured that he's just willing to go play anywhere else? Or does he look at the team and be like, okay, we're third, fourth place in the West. Uh, looks like we're trending towards play the playoffs. I don't want to get shipped out to the Pacers that are the fourth worst team in the NBA this season. Like, Change my mind on that. I'm making my money. I'd rather play for a winner, but I don't know. Look, do you think? Do you do you have faith in Monty that he will be able to mend that relationship and put together a game plan where everyone can move forward as professionals and and get get that product flowing? Yeah. Oh man, dude, you bring up just like a great amount of points here that I, I'd love to dive into. Uh, the first please, thing is basically uh, what you were basically talking about, how Monty trusts his guys. It's a well-known fact that if you get into his good graces, um, it, it seems like he's going to give you extended run where it, it might even seem like you don't deserve it. I've I've been hearing a lot of people yeah. saying that Damian Lee might be kind of that guy this year, right? So he might get more extended minutes. I mean, there might be times where – I don't know if a couple of guys go out and he's the one who's picked in favor to be a starter. Um, you're asking a guy to change who he is at his core, right? A family man, a stand-up guy who preaches, uh, what is it? Well done is better than well said. Um, which is funny because like oh, he trusts yeah. these guys who doesn't who who haven't really like shown that they've done that great, right? Either than what they say is good. Um, so we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if Damian Lee fills in that Abdul Nader role, um, but hopefully he can be a better shooter and contribute a little bit more. So I'd take that. Um, do I trust him? Another good question. I think I have to say yes. Um, it's the same way that we're kind of in the trajectory of what happened with Mike D'Antoni uh, in those mid with those mid 2000 Suns teams. Um, he brought you to a place that you hadn't seen in a very long time. I mean, this team hadn't been in the playoffs for over a decade. So we're waiting for something that is showing, you know, a sense of promise and winning. Uh, and he's able to get that with yeah. you know, the team that we built. And it started going back to the bubble. So I trust him to an extent. But just the same way with what happened with Mike D'Antoni was – he was stretching guys so thin, his bench was so small that by yeah. the time the Western Conference Finals came rolling around, guys were dead. Gas. They had yeah. no more energy to give. And they had nothing left um, on the table. So we ran out of steam and ended up falling short. So is that the same? And I'm not saying that that's the same thing that's going to happen with Monty, but those small things like what you bring up as well is could could get you to a point where you start to second guess his decision making um is the relationship going to be salvageable it fucking better be it's gotta be right to four years at a max extension the first thing that probably should have been happening was after the suns matched that contract to da monty williams should have been calling deandre ayton uh, sharing congratulations right if I'm yeah. that kind of a head coach that understands that at this moment in time, this is a key part of your team that you have to 
keep building within the game plan for, and it's going to be a key component for your success, at least for the next four years, because we don't know what's happening with Ke- Kevin Durant. We don't know what's happening with all this other stuff. You you o- can only right. work off of what you have now. If I'm Monty Williams, I'm calling DeAndre Ayton. I'm sending him freaking chocolates and flowers. Yeah. Saying congratulations, playing the Post Malone song in the background, and freaking popping bottles for the young fella saying, hey, congrats, you deserved it. Now let's take that next step together. Um, That's what a smart professional would do. And I think Monty Williams is that kind of guy. Um, Obviously, when you've gone to a certain level in regards to success, like making it to the NBA Finals and being two wins away from a championship, and to have such a disappointing end the next season after you've seen what success was and been so close, guys are going to be upset and guys are going to have something to say. And that's just the competitive nature coming out in in those kind of players. I understand it. Um, is there maturing that has to happen on both sides? Absolutely. Um, I can't pinpoint who needs to mature more. One would lean more towards DeAndre Ayton just because of how young he is. Um, right. but at the same time, like optics are everything, man. When you see the coach and the player fighting on the sideline during a 40 point blowout loss, like that's not a good look, especially going into a contract summer. So there's a yeah. lot of different questions that go into it and you think, can it be salvaged? And I, I hope it can, cause it has to be, um, Oh, and the other, the last thing too, is that, that, um, trade that no wage wave trade clause that's built into that contract um is going to be intriguing as well because if all this stuff doesn't come to fruition the relationship can't be mended and we're trying to ship him out for you know probably at that point what is pennies on the dollar comparative to what we can get for him you know hopefully he works with the Suns a little bit um and and gives back to what started his career but i mean it's a business is business, right? He doesn't owe, he doesn't really owe anything to us, but uh, it's hard to say, but then I don't know. Here's the other thing too. You know, they, the, the reportings of the offer sheet being uh, sent to DA and his camp came out at, I don't know, like one or two o'clock. Then it officially wasn't signed until like five or six, maybe. And then there was reports that the Suns like uh, matched it like in five minutes. So yeah, I heard that. Is that a, is that a case of this was always the the matter of fact that um, they were going to let Da test the market and no matter what he got, they were always going to match him because they want him back, or yeah. was it some more kind of sinister stuff where it's like? Bro, we offered you the four-year max last year, and you gave us the middle finger. Good luck, and go check it out. And guess what's going to happen? The same shit. That's what you're going to get. Sign, and we're going to sign you immediately, and then we're going to ship your ass eventually and just deal with it for these six months um, because we know like, we don't want to be a part of uh, – both parties don't want to be a part of this, but we can't let you walk away um, scot-free without any assets. Well- no, because he was our number one overall pick. A, you can't let that walk for nothing. That would be an embarrassment for the franchise. Exactly. So it's uh, who knows. There's just still so many unknowns. Like, yeah, I hope that 
they've started to make the right progression to mending that relationship because it ha- he's going to he's a part of this franchise right now. Yeah. If you're going to roll into next season without a Kevin Durant, he has to be your number 2 option. You have to start building the game plan around him a little bit more and let him take that next step because Chris Paul is not he's just not it, man. He's not I can't count on him. I can't count. I need 25 points a game from DeAndre every single night because I can't count on the longevity of Chris Paul. I need to yeah. be able to trust DeAndre Ayton that he's going to be my number two option and get me consistent double doubles, not the 16 and 10. That's baby back bullshit, man. That's rookie numbers for a number yeah. one overall pick. I understand. Yeah. It's year, it's year what, five now? It's 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 time like to, it's time to cement yourself as an all star on an all star platform and a guy who got max money. That's what it comes down to. But the Suns also have to understand that as well. I know that you might be trying to play the long game. The, the it might not be working. It it just works out beneficial for both parties too because if he's a yeah. dog the first half of the season and is freaking averaging 23 and 13, like that's just an easy asset to sell when it comes down to the time frame that it has to be. So if both parties are smart, they'll mend the relationship and get to work. That's it. That's it at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100% and I I I believe I believe they can do it because like you said, Monty at the end of the day is a smart guy. Chris Paul is a smart guy. They know everyone uh, at a certain point in time realizes that it's a it's a business, and you can't be naive about that. It's a business for the organization, and it's a business for the players. Um, it's crazy though. Like DeAndre Ayton, yeah, I think it, everyone's just gonna have to suck it up and be mature about it. And DeAndre Ayton is, uh, we say that, but he's only twenty three, gonna be twenty four this season. And uh, you're right; it is his fifth year in the league, um, and the most, the the best season he had was 1920, um, 2019, 2020. But it, granted, it was only in 30 through 38 games. But he had 18.2 points and um, 11.5 rebounds per game. So, like you said, that's that's a double double. You can pat yourself all the back on the back all you want, but when you're making 30 million dollars a year as a center. Uh, you have to be make you have to be scoring 20 25 points a game have every to. game and it's, it's absolutely at least 11.5 rebounds yeah honestly he should be grabbing way more rebounds he should be able to get 15 rebounds a game i don't know if that's possible to average that through a season um 11.5 is pretty good but um that was his best season and that was 2 years ago so that's beyond the point i just i hope he does continue to progress and that they do like you keep, like you've kind of alluded to, have him be the second or third option where he's really, or even I think you're like just saying second option, like Booker. The pecking order would be Booker, Aiton, and then Paul because Paul is not getting any younger and unreliable, and when especially unreliable when it comes to his health. But we've seen him do that type of shit where he'll be knocking down the mid range and getting the layups at the rim all day long, and then other games where he can't like hit, hit water if you jumped out of a boat like you to use the same uh same metaphor you, you used earlier but yeah I, i'm just yeah. yeah my my thing is when it comes down to okay what does the touches look like right if you're a second mm-hmm. option and you're a big man 
Um, it's not just um, dumping down the ball to him maybe five times a game. And then the other plays are getting him into the pick and roll and seeing if you can get a lob to him uh, to finish down low or get him into a good position to get into his post-up game and whatnot. I'm talking about 15 minimum, 15 to 20 possessions on the offensive end coming down and force-feeding the motherfucking ball to the kid. Like literally spacing the floor, getting some action going, couple passes, and then the last action is dumping the ball into DeAndre Ayton down low and literally letting him go to work. Like that's what a second option is. It's the same things that we see from a, like a Joel Embiid standpoint where they run action and then post him and get the ball into the post. And if he turns and faces up, then he goes off the dribble or he takes a couple dribbles, step back jumper, or he muscles guys down into the post and makes, makes it freaking ham sandwich on kids, man. Like there's a reason Joel Embiid almost averages 30 points a night. It's because they force feed him the ball. That's what you have to do if you're going to get DeAndre Ayton involved. It's not just these, oh, hopefully the lob works on this time. Hopefully he has enough energy to, you know, really hustle and get and get to the basket for a, a proper position and whatnot. It's if you're going to be a number two option and you're going to be a big man, you have to get you you almost have to force feed him the ball. I know I've said it a bunch of times, but I don't care. I, that's yeah. I have to make that a point. I have to make that a point because the way that Chris Paul dribble drives and slows down and then takes his uh, 15 to 18 foot jumpers is the way that he gets his possessions. The way that DeAndre Ayton's isn't going to be the same. It's not going to always be running action off of pick and rolls or yeah. dumping him the ball on the high post. Like it's, it's you run some guys here, there, whatnot, then you space the floor enough, hopefully, to give him a one-on-one matchup, and then you go and see if you get your money's worth. <laughs> like, well, but this is what easy, you, man. Mike, right here, this is what you get when you force feed eight in in the paint. I'll this. take those odds. Look at yeah, it looks like five guys are are rolling in right there, but there's a lot of space there. Uh, it's it's kind of like it is I, choppy. I, it's a little bit. Let choppy. me see. So he misses he misses that floater, tries to poke it back, and misses again. And then just oh, we'll let Jay we'll let Jalen Brunson get that board. Hey, well, it's, I mean, touch is touch. It comes I I I I like his touch. Uh, he's definitely you like gotten that, better with the floater floater game and whatnot. And those misses are gonna happen for sure. But at least there's a second option. <laughs> Like, dude, I how guess, many times like, do I have freaking tip backs and misses <laughs> when we're out there playing? And at least I get them Mike, on the second you, try. It's better than than not having another one. But yeah, you 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 do. I mean, that's gonna happen. But you're right at the rim. What I'm saying is like, what I want to see if we're gonna dissect this footage and play Monday morning quarterback. You see, you know, <laughs> I can't really make out these figures because the quality is really bad. But I think that's Jalen Brunson, maybe Dorian Finney, uh, some other some other players here. But so look right here. He has his pivot foot planted. I'm going to play a little bit. Oh, wait. No, I should drag. Buffer. Okay. Okay. So right here, he can. Why can't he step through right here and have this whole whole area to just 
I'm not saying he has to go up strong and slam it. I know everyone seems to think that DeAndre Ayton can just be prime Shaq and just slam on everyone's head, but he should be able to turn and get a better look than the the floater he gets here. Where he, he instantly turns and chucks over. it up there. Why doesn't he take take a step in? He still has his pivot foot. Just take the step in. But instead, he does this quick little bunny hop maneuver. Why? Why? I, I don't know. Like that's like I said, that's nitpicky. That's some Monday morning quarterback shit. But that's just a small sampling of what we've seen a ton from DeAndre Ayton is the non-aggressiveness and the and that type of soft approach to where like I, I agree with you. You need to feed Ayton and you need to feed Ayton. And and I think Cody even made this point um that he needs to be spoon fed the 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 buckets apparently where Chris Paul literally has to lead him straight to water to drink where you can't just feed it to him in the post he can't hit two back down maneuvers and and get a bucket because he'll throw up one out you know 50 50 he'll either clank it on a hook shot or he'll sink a nice pretty hook shot and that's like and then we're almost getting back to the Eric Bledsoe days because how many times were we at those games where I'm screaming at Eric Bledsoe on the drive and it was 50 50 when he does his maneuvering is the layup going to go in or is it going to clank and that's how i feel when i watch deandre and throw up his hook shots from 10 15 feet out i don't know am i am i am i being nitpicky here or Uh, no i mean the thing that you always hope for is when you play with a hall of fame point guard like chris paul is that he's going to elevate your guys to the next level which he absolutely has done with deandre ayton i mean da has even came out oh, and say, yeah. said that chris paul has taken him to the next level and that's great but also you can't learn without going through it right and a lot yeah. of his possessions he's not having to create for himself that often right so if you don't have enough practice on that aspect when you come when it comes to the games and whatnot you're kind of going to be a little bit limited in what is in your bag and what you can get done uh yeah on that one when he turns to do his his little post hook that's like scared shit right that's the stuff that he needs to start taking the next step with right he's so big when he makes that turn mm-hmm. if he's where guys are positioned that shot doesn't have to immediately be right there. You could put a post fake and then take that one step with that right foot and be basically finish at the rim, right? That comes with time. That comes with knowledge. That that comes with playing as a veteran. I get it. But Mm -hmm. it's also like, dude, like you paid this guy so much money. What up, Royce? You you paid this guy so much money. Like, I have to start expanding his game. I can't just be like, well, he plays great in the pick and roll game with Chris Paul and what he's done um, in spurts on his, you know, 18 to 20 foot game off of swing passes and whatnot. He needs to start expanding his game as well because Chris Paul's not going to be here forever either. No. And if you want to be a number two, number one option, I mean, Max guys, I see as. Uh, they should probably be number one options, right? You have to continuously add more to your game. And you only get that through, you know, putting uh, fuel to the fire and throwing them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I, I guess when it comes down to that is I don't hesitate to say, do it to him. Because I've seen that he does have good touch and, 
he's definitely gotten better in a, in his outside game, uh, in his shooting ability. And I'm not talking about the three point game. I'm talking about the 20 foot jumper that he can put up and be unconscious with that you don't even hesitate when he puts it up. I'm like, that's probably a, a 70% shot right there that I yeah. think it's going to go in. And that's better than most guys right, <laughs> in this league. Honestly. And, where, and it, it just going to take time. And obviously it sucks because you're staying year five. It's like, well, how, how does he not know to not have to take that floater right there and to, to take right. that extra step through? It's also easier said than done when it comes to the feel of, of the floor, right? Because we can see the tape and it looked like all five guys were condensing on him all at once, but he had a lot of space to turn and finish. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in the game and you're DeAndre Ayton, all you might see is he might get the ball and turn and he sees one defender, two defender. By the time he turns to shoot, there's the third one. And he's like, oh, I don't have much space. I'm I surrounded. Now. Yeah. I'm surrounded, right? Yeah. So – but that also like comes down to and I know that we've had these conversations when he first started in the league where it seemed like he wants to be a finesse player, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to like have his pretty pretty floaters and his pretty jumpers and whatnot and his pretty spin moves and stuff. It's the guy's too big not to impose his fucking will on a nightly yeah. basis and let guys know that you're not going to push me around. I'm going to push you around. And that's another next step that he has to take. I don't think anyone's um, told him no. that he's as big as he is and he doesn't <laughs> know it yet. Um, Which and- is crazy because it seems like he played different at U of A than he has when he's coming to the NBA. And it's- he's still like bigger than freaking everyone. Right. I think it's got to be a mental block, right? Like when he, when you come up through AAU and college and you're his size, yeah, you can kind of shit on kids. Um, and then now the NBA, he's going up against Jokic and Embiid and uh, DeAndre, uh, I'm sorry, Andre Drummond and these bigger, these guys that are physically the same size as him. So he's more, maybe then a little more intimidated, but um, I do want to, want to ask you to touch on it real quick. Cause I, I in, again, in, in defense of eight and um, think I, I got to thinking once you started talking in that specific clip, we just played he might have been conscious or self-conscious or subconscious of a potential three-second call because he was deep in the paint. I don't know how long he had got there before because that was just a quick five-second clip. So I don't know how long he would had already been hanging out in the paint. So maybe he was like, oh, shit, I don't want to get this five-second call. I'm just going to throw this quick hookup. And whether that was whether he was actually close to getting a three-second or not, that could have been an idea in his head. I don't know. It could have been any number of things because, like you said, there's a lot – like as that happens so fast, but as basketball players, you are thinking about all those things. Like he was thinking about all the defenders. He probably was thinking about his time in the paint. He was thinking about trying to get a bucket. I, but I, at the end of the day, I would like to see him be con take all that into account and make the decision to take that one extra step in, not lower his shoulder, but, you know, go in and go up with a stronger attempt. Um, but, and, and I want to, like we said, I, I want to say that'll come in time 24, 23, 24. That's young relatively but when it's your fifth season you're going into you want to start to see those things develop by this time and i think that could speak that could go to speak on why the suns were hesitant to give him especially the five year let alone this contract that they have him on now um but like i said when i was setting that up in that clip ayton does that hook but then he goes back for the second attempt and does tries to just tip it up and put it in 
this is one of my gripe with big men because I'm like I'm about six foot tall, kind of a guard ish. You're you're a little bit taller for those who don't know. Mike's like six 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 seven, I mm-hmm. think. Um, he he grew up a guard, but then hit a growth spurt, and so now he's a forward center type in in most leagues. But so he's like that that prototypical stretch um, kind of guy. But so so Mike, it, it drives me crazy when I see big guys just try and do the tip, and you play the tip game because it's. <sighs> It, it it seems so easy, right? Because you're right there. Yeah. So you're like, I can just tip it in. But that you big I've seen big guys miss that shot just as much as they made it. So are you is I I I guess I, I guess the guy I probably already know your answer, but are you okay with him just trying to tip that in real quick, or do you want to see him like secure it, bring it down, and then go back up strong or reset after a I'm, miss like that? I mean, for him, it's different for him, right? For for me, I, I do have size, but I still am not like to the point where if I corral the ball and I bring it down a little bit, like there's going to be hands that can get in the way. Right. And it depends on your competition. Sorry to interject, but it depends on the competition. Like if you have a six foot one guy guarding you in a rec league game, like obviously, yeah, tip that up all day, but no, no, (laughs) keep going, keep going. No, exactly. So it depends on, on differences, but I mean, he's a seven footer. So he almost is like, if he corrals the ball and comes down, as long as he keeps it high, his second jump doesn't have to be that much for it for him to literally be at the rim to be able to finish and flush, right? So exactly. it's different, right? Corralling corralling for that large of a of a player is way different, and I understand. Um, the one thing that a lot of basketball players are always taught is if you have second options, right? You always want to keep it high, and you sh- and if you're by the basket, as soon as you get it, your first option should never be to put it on the floor or look to pass it should always be to go up with it right away right but it it does speak to what you're talking about whereas it's a different case for seven footers man you could he could corral it like exactly what you're saying you don't have to like tip tip it right again he can literally corral it with two hands keep it above come back down to the floor be above everybody still keep it and go up and finish right away again right Mm -hmm. so i totally understand what you're saying um it's a better option i've seen him do that for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like in the flow of the game especially if you're right there you think that little touch the little tip is going to be so easy like, oh it's right there yeah it's right there um and then and then you just end up looking like a damn fool right. uh unfortunately that happened to me a lot today that was i was i was struggling with the tippins but i turned it around it happens, but I can imagine with you big guys too, on a, especially on a tip in, like you I almost don't know, maybe like you almost don't know your own strength. Like you can put more juice on a tip in than you mm-hmm. intended real easily, um, just like any jump shot, really. But so, no, I, I think that's a good point. Like, you, I, I think there's a lot of that, like, fundamental basketball conventional thinking of, like, like you said, keep it high, get it up. But then when you got to factor in these guys are super freak athletes where I think Aiton does have a quick twitch where he could secure it, not not, not bring it down and put it on the ground, but then go back up. And, mm-hmm. and we're fucking breaking this down. And that's why me and me and Mike are talking about doing a basketball podcast where we, we really dissect things like this and play uh, Monday morning point guard or whatever uh, you want to call it. Because I love having these conversations. I'm a straight basketball nerd. Uh, I know Mike's Mike's a straight up hooper, and I think there's people out there that would appreciate it. So if you have any ideas for what we should call that podcast, please 
leave a comment and let us know. Um, we're brewing it up, um, but we're probably going to do it in this kind of setting, just a live stream, chilled, laid back conversation. We'll probably try and bring people on, people we hoop with, uh, people we connect with. Mike has some serious connections, but due to some uh, professional <laughs> obligations, uh, we might not be able to speak to, it looks like we won't be able to speak to some of those guys, but um but i don't want to i'm not gonna name any names but there's some people in the suns organization that we know mike was a former ball boy with the phoenix suns in the in the early early 2000s yeah first year that steve nash came back 2004 2005 wow. that's incredible yeah i mean and that's that's one of the things that i kind of wanted to do with the basketball podcast as well i mean me and chris both love the game so much and have been around it for so long and have different insights uh, you know, we both coached youth basketball for, right. you know, half a decade. And I, I finally got kind of back into it. Uh, we both are consistently still playing on, on weekends and, you know, adult leagues and whatnot. And there's just so many different aspects to basketball where I understand that Valley Sports Plug is a Valley brand. Um, and that's why we are always looking at what's going on with our local teams. But, you know, I think it it's a great opportunity to bring in some other people who have really really cool stories to tell on on uh, you know the basketball stand front and from AAU coaches you know uh, executive directors at the YMCA people who are in touch with Valley Sports and basketball itself where yeah. you can start to see you know what's going on really in the game. Um, from a Valley standpoint and not just the Suns. I mean, we'll always be talking about the Suns, obviously, because that's our team. That's our love. Uh, and we got to stay in tap with what's going on with them. But there's just so much more to the culture um, that it's definitely something that I know that me and Chris have been talking about uh, trying to dive into a little bit more uh, just to, you know, expand the content and get some more people involved because, we really love doing this right now and, and are excited to see what the future holds. But as far as some of those contacts at the Suns, I don't know. I, we just got to build this brand up. So in the future, yeah. those NDAs won't be – they won't be worried about having their right, guys right. come on we to won't the pods. Be, we probably can't do the, the, uh, the cussing as much. Right, ones, right, right. Uh, that's all right. I can I can forfeit that for a night or two to yeah, have some it, conversations. Exactly. And I think it's do I think it's totally doable. Like whether it's, you know, however many years or months or whatever down the road, if we get a brand going and we have a body of work and we have because we're trying to be professional, like we're going to swear and have fun here, but we're, we're trying to be professional as a podcast, sports entertainment um, conglomerate, whatever the hell you want to call it. But um, we're just having fun. We're just having fun. And um, I would love, like Mike said, I would love to have those conversations because we we, we know guys that played co like college ball, like Mike said, coaching, uh, youth basketball. And I don't know if and many of you know this, just basketball in general in Arizona is massive. It, I want to say it's probably top five state for basketball. And I, I, I would even almost say top three. I sent this out to Mike and everyone else, um, kind of went under the radar. But uh, in this last draft, six Arizona high school players were selected in the NBA draft. And that was the most of any state in the country so and, and that means they were they played high school here um it doesn't necessarily mean they were born here but they played high school ball here and then usually went out to a, a power school like whether it's duke or it doesn't but it doesn't matter where you play college ball if if you're this is where your aau team or your high school team 
is located. And that's huge. So to wrap up the plug for the future of our basketball endeavors, I just, like, like Mike said, we've, we fucking love the game and we want to get more content out for you guys. Mike pitched that to me and I jumped right on it. So be on the lookout for that. Keep tuning into these live streams. Keep listening to the heat check podcast live. Let us know what you think. Honestly, um, if you leave a comment, especially while we're still growing and we're this small and have two viewers at any given time, you can be a part of the show. Um, my Matt commented earlier and I just threw his comment up here and we can say, and you can be a part of the conversation with us. It, it's, it's awesome. And I love that. And I love when you guys interject cause it gives us stuff to talk about. So like I said, wrapping up the plug, that's about it. Um, you know, like comment hit the notification bell we got twitter and facebook are probably the two main venue venues which you'll get all of the information as far as when we're doing these broadcasts and uh, any updates we got mike is very active on the on the valley sports plug twitter uh so get in an argument with him he's he won't be shy to tell you why you're wrong on whatever you're you're upset about uh mike i'm down to keep going here for a little bit i did have one more comment i wanted to rant about slash get your opinion on if you're up for it yeah absolutely let's do it Perfect. Um, it, it got me. I was listening uh, when I was in when I was driving out to our runs this morning. I was listening to Bickley and Murata of 98.7, their uh, Friday show, um, listening to that back. And they had in their second hour, Jeff Van Gundy on. And uh, I don't know who he's broadcasting with, but he's uh, was he a coach? Was Jeff a coach? Or was it yeah, just Stan? He, yeah, Jeff Van Gundy was the coach, I believe, for the Knicks in the 90s. Okay. Um, Stan Van Gundy is the guy. He coached he was for with the Magic Orlando. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I believe Jeff Van Gundy's with ESPN now. Um, so he'll do broadcasts like with Mark Jackson and uh, mm-hmm. Mike Breen and a couple of those guys. So, uh, I mean, he's a guy who's still in tap with the with the game for sure and knows what's yeah. going on. But he, I, I can't wait to hear what he said because I don't know what this is about. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I can only imagine it can be some kind of like old head comment that might uh, that might <laughs> that might just be I don't know way out of left yeah. field. So let's I see. Mean, he, he did he said a couple things that were and uh the the thing I'm primarily gonna bring up, it just got me thinking of something else I've heard I've heard other places. So I'm not gonna put what I'm mainly bringing up all on um on uh fuck what what is this Van Gundy? Uh, Van Gundy, yeah, yeah. Jeff Van yeah. Gundy. Yeah, Jeff Van Gundy, Jesus. Um but he just had a lot of weird takes like that seemed kind of out of tune. And normally the Van Gundy's like, I think you like, like you said, like the Van Gundy's are no well known in the basketball world. Um, I know Jeff always does the broadcast. I think he does playoff stuff. Like you said, with ESPN, I've seen him do those, mm-hmm. those analyst roles. And of course, Stan being a, a coach. Um, but getting to the point, Jeff said, I'll get to the point, but real quick, the one thing, he, one of the things he said, was that he didn't think that he didn't know who the Warriors could give up to get Kevin Durant. And he he named everybody. He's like, oh, um, James Wiseman. You give up James Wiseman, but who else? Like Andrew Wiggins? Like, did you forget Andrew Wiggins exists? Like, they could easily include that in a Durant package. I don't know why he wouldn't mention his name. So that just got me thinking, like, whatever. Anyway, the main point I'm bringing up is he talked about this ridiculous idea in my mind that the Suns would entertain a Devin Booker for Kevin Durant swap straight up. It literally can't be done. 
it doesn't it make any sense. Like, yeah, are you it, saying on paper it can't be done, or like it, on paper it literally can't be done because of his contract extension that he signed, the supermax? He cannot be traded for I think it's a minimum of a year, so really? it cannot even be done right now. And why the fuck would you so be even a year swapping from now, them when the whole reason is that Kevin Durant wants to come here to play with Devin Booker? I mean, that's what funny. an asinine comment, but I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's a and that's so, a old man three sheets to the wind, I guess. I don't know. Right, and it's like maybe I know these guys like especially when you're trying to cover like the whole NBA, like he can't be in tune with exactly what's going on. But it's to say something like that, man, and 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 I want I didn't want to like I said I didn't want to throw Jeff completely under the bus, but I agree it's completely asinine. I've heard it suggested elsewhere, and people floating that out there like, oh, the Suns would have to give up Booker to get their Durant. Well, then what the what's the point? What's the there point? Is- no. We're going to keep our 26-year-old, 25-year-old superstar. We're not going to get a 34 for our 25-year-old. Yeah, it, you would be sacrificing your entire future with that kind of a trade. Especially when we just re-upped. And, and I think some of those rumblings were before we gave him the Supermax extension. So, But I still won't even give him any leniency for that because it's just stupid. We were always going to give him the Supermax extension. He's the face of the franchise. We're sitting here talking about him surpa- sur- surpassing Larry Fitzgerald one day as a Valley icon which I'm going to ride or die that that's very possible. Mm. Um, all the love for Larry. He's definitely a legend. He's the goat in the Valley. And I've loved that he sticks around too. And he's invested in the Valley. Unlike Steve Nash, who just fucking ran away. Um, whatever. I, he doesn't owe us anything. I'm not saying he does, but I, I do like that Larry stuck around and that's, what's kind of cemented him as the legend in the Valley. But more to the point, just, I'm glad you agree that that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. So I want I needed that validation that I'm not crazy. Yeah, you're absolutely not crazy. Uh, I mean, that was the whole point. The whole point is that Kevin Durant wants to come to Phoenix. I don't think it's to play with Chris Paul. It's to play with Devin Booker. Because right. he's already gone on podcasts like uh, The Old Man and the Three, J.J. Reddick's podcast, basically saying that Devin Booker is the guy that he likes to watch. He loves the the change in his game that he's seen over this past couple of years where obviously he's a guy who can be a high prolific scorer and is a great player, but his mentality and winning has changed and that's yeah. all he cares about. Great players want to be around guys like that. So mm-hmm. why the hell would you ever trade up a swap where you're basically giving up 10 years for one player to another? You can't swap Kevin Durant with Devin Booker and think that the Suns are going to be able to make a NBA finals push any different than it would be if you just run back with the Suns, with Devin Booker, right? Right. Yeah. Devin Booker is now a veteran in this league and still only 26 years old. Is Was, what, fourth in the MVP voting? Has only continued to get better and grow his game. He's understanding the NBA game way better. He can get whatever he wants. I mean, you think back to the, that first round series uh, against the Pelicans. He had 30 at halftime, and it looked like he was barely trying. That's a superstar and a guy who's only making strides and getting better. Um, True. So, and, and here's the other thing too. There's been a lot of when when you're in the league and you're in the limelight for so long. There's always a roller coaster, right? With Kevin Durant, people love him. People hate him. People hate him when he goes to Golden State. People love him when he kind of tries to create his own name for himself. People Mm -hmm. hate him when he's outspoken. 
but then people love him when he's going on Twitter and trolling everybody and that yeah, kind of stuff. And having so burner accounts. Yeah. So there's just a continuous roller coaster with Kevin Durant. And Devin Booker, it seems like the only trajectory has been up. All of his philanthropy work that he's done in the Valley in the Sun, the millions yeah. of dollars that he's given, um, the loyalty that he's shown to the Valley, the way that he loves Arizona, the way that he has finally gotten the Suns to an NBA Finals berth the first time in 30 years almost. And now he's on the cover of 2K. He's probably going to yes, be... we didn't even mention that. He's probably going to be um, the first player who is like an ambassador or um, a player-exclusive player for Kobe brand under Nike. Like, do you I'm understand? Do yeah. you understand the gravity of where Devin Booker is going? And to get rid of something like that that's going to keep your team culturally in the limelight for the next decade would be the dumbest fucking thing that you could ever do. And Jeff Van Gundy should not be coming on Valley Sports Radio to talk about anything with the Phoenix Suns moving forward. If that's no. the comment that he's going to make, and especially no. if it's something that happened this week, bro. This Kevin Durant saga has been going on for like three weeks now, it seems like. And yeah. I don't even think it's that. But we know that this was never an option. We know that he can't be traded, swapped right up for that. Like, Yeah. I, I, and I know what you're saying where it's like, yeah, I know that these guys have a lot to deal with in in regards to the entire NBA. Right? But like, yeah. come on, bro. Like, this is probably one of the number one stories in the NBA offseason right now is what's going on with Kevin Durant. And you don't know that you can't freaking trade Devin Booker for him? Like, come on, fam. What are we doing? It's not It's not his first rodeo. It's not his first time around the block. Like, holy I, shit. I just heard him say that. It was real. It was like in passing. He was like, well, or, or Devin Booker for Durant or something like that. And I'm like, no, no. And you made a lot of great points there. To cover a 2K. It real deep with Nike heading towards being the first exclusive player in the Kobe brand when that launches. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. But you're looking at this and probably Booker's probably top 10 jersey sale. Why would you give that up? I know I know Kevin Durant's another guy who's probably a top jersey seller and will put asses in seats. But when you look at the, the timeline, like exactly. Devin Booker's got 10 years behind Durant. Like Durant's only got so much time left. And I just, exactly. I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe I heard that after I heard that. And then a couple of the other comments he made, I'm like, Jeff Van Gundy is making some boomer points here that I just, I don't understand why he's on with these guys right now. And I imagine like Vince Murata is a sharp guy. Bick, Dan Bickley is a sharp guy. Like I hope they, I hope on, on the break, they were like, what the hell was Jeff saying yeah. there? Like that's the dumbest shit. Like got, to, got some chuckles in. Yeah. At Jeff's expense. <laughs> Jeff's mean, expense. It's, it's tough, right? Like, when you put yourself out on a platform and no matter how big or how small you're putting yourself out for ridicule, right? Like, yeah, this is, everything is takes, everything is opinions, mm -hmm. but that's not an opinion. Devin Booker cannot be traded for a year because that's he a... signed the freaking Supermax deal. That's not even an option. So you, yeah. you can't come out and make statements like that. But even without <laughs> realizing that it wouldn't work on paper, you Realize that the Suns would never do that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a brain dead take all around. Like from the logistics of it, like you're pointing out that I didn't even realize. Even before you pointed out the logistics, I thought it was the dumbest thing I heard all week. Like, and every time <laughs> I had seen anyone bring it up, whether it's this week what Chris saw on Reddit or 
whatever or whatever social media platform where people are chiming in on this creating their trade machines or whatever devin booker is not part of that equation he's staying in phoenix hopefully for his entire career if things keep trending in that direction because he's only getting better and everyone else in the league's only getting older as it goes to the main people we've been talking about chris paul kevin durant and the like but i just i wanted to get that validation on that specifically this has been this has been great man we went long on uh on Aiden and the, and the sons here i uh i might be needing to wrap this up here um but wanted to give you the floor if you if you had any last questions to pose or uh things to say yeah uh twitter is at arizona vsp youtube valley sports plug please follow us on both of those uh it's free of charge uh, and you can be part of um our daily banter and uh be part of the show man that's what it's all about got a plug man got a plug got a plug gotta let the people know where they can find us um my socials is pretty much at mike underscore benjamin uh chris you can plug your own stuff uh cody does he even have a twitter i don't think he has a twitter i don't think cody has twitter only uh only instagram which i think it's like tallman underscore bsp whatnot but as the time goes on, we'll get all that kind of stuff buttoned down. Maybe yeah. throw up some uh, some stuff on the screen with our socials and whatnot. But I'll put it uh, in the description. I'll get it all in the description. There you and go, keep, and keep that going going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate the conversation, Chris. Uh, it was definitely. I knew that we were trying to kind of get this set, especially after the Suns match da. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think it's kind of good to kind of let things set in, see what happened. Maybe there was some other you know, rumblings that came out. Obviously now with the signing, it seems like the KD deal is maybe on hold for a little bit. Uh, and we'll have to see what the time frame looks like for that. Um, but I appreciate uh, everything you do. I appreciate uh, you spending some time out here talking Valley Sports once again. And uh, I'm Gucci, man. That's it. Hell yeah, man. Great. Great outro. I really appreciate it, man. Of course, always love having you. Uh, couldn't do it without you. You know, we, I would just be some crazy rambling, ranting fool if you didn't ground me with these takes. So um, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, we'll get Tallman back on here. Like I said, we'll put all that in the description, everybody's handle for the various socials and um, try and get that tip ship tightened up. But Mike, you nailed it. Follow us. I'm a 1993 MFC on Twitter. Um, I'll be heavy on the Facebook. I don't have an Instagram, so don't look for me there. I'm not there. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I got, man. Until next time, I thank everyone who is watching with us during this live stream and anyone listening back. I hope you guys catch us on the next one and, uh, we will see you then. Oh shit. So I got to try and share this. Um, my bad guys. I'm trying to do this. Like I said, we're trying to be professional. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, fuck guys. I just. Guys, guys. Yes, Mike. Keep, keep posing. Can you I gotta, see it? Phoenix fan. Yes. I, I gotta. Sh- I gotta share the audio. They need to hear the outro music. Oh, play it, man. Play that. Oh, no. Play that. Shit. Gotta give the people what they want. <laughs>